I wish I'd learned earlier in my career how to show students that reading is fun. Instead of simply trying to convince them that reading is fun by making them read the books I chose or the district chose for them. So many missed opportunities, so many students I wish that I could go back and have a redo with. Hi there, I'm Carolyn Wall, your host of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers looking to close the achievement gap. I'm a 20-year veteran teacher who still loves being in the classroom. Tune in each week as I reflect on my own teaching experience to bring you lesson plans, strategies, and stories that will help you develop your students as readers and writers. So grab your notepad, cup of coffee and join me each week as we dive into all things ELA. Here we go. You are listening to episode number two of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers. In today's episode, we will be discussing how to create a culture of reading in your classroom, where reading is something students look forward to. If you've been an ELA teacher for any length of time, you know that reading is something that some students love and others hate. I have spent way too much time in my career trying to convince students that reading is fun and entertaining only for them to groan every time we read in class. Can you relate? Do you have those students? I wish I'd learned earlier in my career how to show students that reading is fun instead of simply trying to convince them that reading is fun by making them read the books I chose or the district chose for them. So many missed opportunities, so many students I wish that I could go back and have a redo with. When I first began with Reader's Workshop, I was lucky enough to work in a building that valued reading. Every teacher and staff member shared their reading life with students. Many teachers had signs outside their doors stating what they were currently reading or had a list of books that they'd hope to read next. Even our principal and other non-classroom professionals shared their books with students. What I loved about this is that it showed students that reading wasn't just something we do in English class. It's something that all people do. I also loved that students saw the variety of books that teachers loved. My typical go-to is fantasy, but other teachers shared how they loved realistic fiction, mystery, and even scary horror stories. Even though students didn't physically see the teachers reading, they saw a glimpse of an adult's reading life outside of the English class. They saw the value adults put on reading when they weren't forced to do it, that they chose to spend their time reading when they could have been doing something else. So what if you don't work in a building that places this much value in reading? Well, I get it. That was the only building I've ever worked in that placed that much value on reading and really created a whole school culture of reading. I'm grateful for that experience because it taught me how to create a culture of reading in my own class. Today, I'll share a few things that I do to foster a classroom that values reading. First is the classroom library. Even if you have a great school library, I would encourage you to have a well-stocked classroom library. When students have immediate access to books, when they can reach out and touch them, look at them, pick them up, read them in real time, they will read more. 
I can remember early in my career getting a bunch of books from a retired teacher. And I was so excited because I only had a handful of books in my own library. I took great care to separate the books into the genres and make my classroom library visually appealing. The problem was, is that no one wanted to read the books that I'd added. They were old and outdated and really just took up space on the shelf. At the end of the year, I had several students go through the books and pull the ones they thought we should get rid of. When I went through their stack, it really was books that I had read when I was in school. The books were definitely outdated and they had to go. I learned from that experience that it's better to have a small quality library than a large library. If you're just starting out, don't go out and spend hundreds of dollars on a classroom library, but begin with your first year by building a quality library of books that students want to read. Ask your students for suggestions. Take a look at what they're checking out when they go to the library. If you're not sure how to go about stocking your library shelves without breaking the bank, I'll link to a blog post in the show notes that will give you some ideas on where you can go and who you could possibly get some assistance from. Another thing that I do that you'll hear many times from me is choice reading. Allowing students to choose the books they read is so critical to getting buy-in from students that reading is fun. The first unit of the year is always a free choice unit. Students can choose any book in the library to read. Some of my more reluctant readers choose to read a book that they've already read or a graphic novel because it's perceived to be easier. And that's okay with me. Some choose to pick a nonfiction book about space or cars or other things they're interested in because it has lots of pictures. That's okay with me too. My only quote unquote rule is that they choose a book they're interested in that they want to read. If I have a student that struggles to pick out a book, I will bookshop with them. I will ask them about their hobbies, what they've read before, and then I might take them to the bookshelf to collect a few books, have them sit down and look through them. Sometimes it's easier for students to pick from a few choices rather than the entire library. I never pick the book for them. It's always their choice, but sometimes they need help narrowing down the choices. If they're still struggling after looking through the books, I might have a library aide suggest a few books or see if there's a book they want to read that's the same as their friend. Some students will continue to resist even when provided options, but don't be tempted to pick the book for the student. Tell them to pick one or two books to try. If they don't like the book, they can return it and pick a new one. Just knowing that they can return a book if they don't like it is sometimes enough to relieve the pressure of picking a book. Book talks are another great way to show students the value in reading. I'm sure many of you already do this in your class. A book talk is just a short introduction to a book. Usually you have the book in your hand or pass the book around as you talk a little bit about it, like a mini commercial to get students interested in the book. It's a great way to help students build their to-be-read list for future library visits. One thing I took away from me from that school that I talked about earlier is that students shouldn't just hear about books from me. You're probably thinking, right, they could hear about books from their parents or siblings or friends or other people, but have you ever invited other adults from your school into your classroom to share a book they love? Getting students to see that reading is not a chore to be done in English class, but something that lots of people do for fun can begin to change your students' mindset about reading. 
try asking your principal, school secretary, or lunchroom worker to come in and share about a book they love and watch how your students begin to see reading in a different light. One year, I had a group of boys that thought reading was useless. After all, they were going to grow up and be star basketball players, which, hey, I'm here to support that too. I never discourage students who want to be star athletes. I mean, who am I to say if they're going to be in the NBA or not? But they still need to learn how to read. The boys tried to convince me that they didn't need reading. It wasn't going to be important for their future careers as basketball players. They just needed to learn how to play basketball and then spend all their free time practicing. So I asked the one person I was sure that they would listen to, to come in and do a book talk. When the PE teacher, their basketball coach, came in to give a book talk, those boys' jaws dropped to the floor. I don't think they ever thought about their PE teacher choosing to read when he could be playing a sport. That PE teacher slash coach did an amazing job of inspiring those boys that reading is fun. He spent 15 minutes with us, which was more time than I'd asked him for, talking about books that he reads to his young son. And then he shared a few books by Mike Lupica that he loved. If you're not familiar with Mike Lupica, he writes books that have a sports theme or are centered around a particular sport. Those boys were hooked. For the next few months between my classroom library and the school library, we could not keep Mike Lupica books on the shelf. His impact on my class was huge, and I was so grateful. Similar to Book Talks is First Chapter Fridays, which is another great way to expose your students to the many different books that are out there. Some students don't know what books to pick out because they don't know what's available. A First Chapter Day is a great way to expose your students to a variety of genres, a variety of topics, and a variety of writing styles. I say First Chapter Day because the day of the week really doesn't matter. I do my first chapters on Thursday because that works better for our schedule, but the idea is the same. Similar to a book talk, you are sharing books with students, but with a first chapter day, you are literally reading the first chapter to your students. I know that there are many resources and worksheets out there for students to complete during a first chapter read, but I want my students to simply experience the book. Students do lots of work in my class, so I don't feel bad that this one task per week doesn't come with an assignment. The only thing that I ask students to do is fill out a list in their notebook with the title, and then they rate it between one and five if it's a book they think they might want to read. I do this so that when we go to the library, students who don't know what to check out have a place to start. During First Chapter Thursday, if I can find a video of the first chapter of the book being read by the author, I like to share that. I think it's great to expose students to different authors, and what better way to do that than to hear the author read their own book. I'll also share the book trailer if I can find it, which is another great way to draw on your students. Students these days are so visual and a book trailer is intended to show off the book. I try to make this time light and fun, something that students look forward to. My next piece of advice and probably the hardest and most controversial thing I do to build a culture of reading is to provide time for reading every day. I know that this one can be hard as there are many standards that we have to get through and there's never seems to be enough time to get through all of it. There's many administrators out there who think that reading in class is a waste of time, but this is so important. Just like with anything else, if we value it, we will make time for it. For so many of our students, reading in class is the only opportunity to read. 
that's a hard pill to swallow when you think about the fact that if we don't give students opportunities to read, they won't have time to do it. Life is so crazy for some of our students due to life circumstances. They don't even have time to complete homework, let alone read for enjoyment. Time is something I have to provide for my students if I want them to see the value in reading. In my class, by the end of the first grading period, my students are typically reading between 20 and 30 minutes each day. You might think that I'm giving up too much instruction time, but as I mentioned in the first episode, when students are reading in class, I'm conferencing with them, providing individual support to students or holding a small group to reteach a skill. I don't see this as wasted time or downtime. It's very structured and all students are actively engaged in the task of reading. Building a culture of reading in your class will help foster a love of reading with your students. It lets your students see and feel that reading is important and can be fun. It's not going to happen overnight or by implementing one idea one time, but by implementing one of the ideas over several weeks or months, you will begin to see your students' attitude about reading shift from a chore we do in class to something they want to do. If you were to ask me which of these ideas to try first, of course, I'm going to say choice reading. But after that, or if you're in a school that requires you to only teach whole class novels, I would say invite another staff member into your class to share about a book they love. Anytime students can see that reading is not just for English class, it's a win-win for all of us. I hope that you found at least one idea in today's episode useful and something that you can try in your own class. If you'd like to ask questions or continue the discussion, I'd love to have you over in my free Facebook group for secondary ELA teachers. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. I'll also link to a collaborative blog post all about creating a culture of reading in your classroom. I'd love to know what you do to help build a culture of reading in your own class. Thank you for listening to today's episode. In episode number three, we'll be talking about how to get started with Reader's Workshop with your students. Until next time, have a great week.